Scripture quotations taken from the NASB. Copyright the Lockman Foundation. Welcome back to the Daily Bible Reading. This is week 19, day 2. Today we're going to start in 1 Samuel chapter 28. Let's go to God in prayer. Heavenly Father, we know that you are in control, that no one can stop your purposes. We pray that we would live our lives on your side, trying to accomplish your purposes, and yet knowing it is not from us. We make so many mistakes. We are amazed that you can use us at all. But we are so thankful that you are turning us into that perfect image of your Son. We long for the day when we can be together with you forever. Pray this through Jesus. Amen. 1 Samuel chapter 28 Now it came about in those days that the Philistines gathered their armed camps for war to fight against Israel. And Achish said to David, Know assuredly that you will go out with me in the camp, you and your men. David said to Achish, Very well, you shall know what your servant can do. So Achish said to David, Very well, I will make you my bodyguard for life. Now Samuel was dead, and all Israel had lamented him and buried him in Ramah, his own city. And Saul had removed from the land those who were mediums and spiritus. So the Philistines gathered together and came and camped in Shunem. And Saul gathered all Israel together, and they camped in Gilboa. When Saul saw the camp of the Philistines, he was afraid, and his heart trembled greatly. When Saul inquired of the Lord, the Lord did not answer him, either by dreams, or by Urim, or by prophets. Then Saul said to his servants, Seek for me a woman who is a medium, that I may go to her and inquire of her. And his servants said to him, Behold, there is a woman who is a medium at Endor. Then Saul disguised himself by putting on other clothes and went, he and two men with him, and they came to the woman by night. And he said, Conjure up for me, please, and bring up for me whom I shall name to you. But the woman said to him, Behold, you know what Saul has done, how he has cut off those who are mediums and spiritists from the land. Why are you then laying a snare for my life to bring about my death? Saul vowed to her by the Lord, saying, As the Lord lives, no punishment shall come upon you for this thing. Then the woman said, Whom shall I bring up for you? And he said, Bring up Samuel for me. When the woman saw Samuel, she cried out with a loud voice, and the woman spoke to Saul, saying, Why have you deceived me? For you are Saul. The king said to her, Do not be afraid, but what do you see? And the woman said to Saul, I see a divine being coming up out of the earth. He said to her, What is his form? And she said, An old man is coming up, and he is wrapped with a robe. And Saul knew that it was Samuel, and he bowed with his face to the ground and did homage. Then Samuel said to Saul, Why have you disturbed me by bringing me up? And Saul answered, I am greatly distressed, for the Philistines are waging war against me, and God has departed from me and no longer answers me, either through prophets or by dreams. Therefore I have called you that you may make known to me what I should do. Samuel said, Why then do you ask me, since the Lord has departed from you and has become your adversary? The Lord has done accordingly as he spoke through me. 
For the Lord has torn the kingdom out of your hand and given it to your neighbor, to David. As you did not obey the Lord and did not execute his fierce wrath on Amalek, so the Lord has done this thing to you this day. Moreover, the Lord will also give over Israel along with you into the hand of the Philistines. Therefore, tomorrow you and your sons will be with me. Indeed, the Lord will give over the army of Israel into the hands of the Philistines. Then Saul immediately fell full length upon the ground and was very afraid because of the words of Samuel. Also, there was no strength in him, for he had eaten no food all day and all night. The woman came to Saul and saw that he was terrified and said to him, Behold, your maidservant has obeyed you, and I have taken my life in my hand and have listened to your words which you spoke to me. So now, also please listen to the voice of your maidservant, and let me set a piece of bread before you that you may eat and have strength when you go on your way. But he refused and said, I will not eat. However, his servants, together with the woman, urged him, and he listened to them. So he arose from the ground and sat on the bed. The woman had a fattened calf in the house, and she quickly slaughtered it. And she took flour, kneaded it, and baked unleavened bread from it. She brought it before Saul and his servants, and they ate. Then they arose and went away that night. Chapter 29 Now the Philistines gathered together all their armies to Aphek, while the Israelites were camping by the spring which is in Jezreel. And the lords of the Philistines were proceeding on by hundreds and by thousands. And David and his men were proceeding on in the rear with Achish. Then the commanders of the Philistines said, What are these Hebrews doing here? And Achish said to the commanders of the Philistines, Is this not David, the servant of Saul, the king of Israel, who has been with me these days, or rather these years, and I have found no fault in him from the day he deserted to me to this day. But the commanders of the Philistines were angry with him, and the commanders of the Philistines said to him, Make the men go back, that he may return to his place where you have assigned him, and do not let him go down to the battle with us, or in the battle he may become an adversary to us. For with what could this man make himself acceptable to his lord? Would it not be with the heads of these men? Is this not David of whom they sing in the dances? Saul has slain his thousands, and David his ten thousands? Then Achish called David and said to him, As the Lord lives, you have been upright, and your going out and your coming in with me and the army are pleasing in my sight, for I have not found evil in you from the day of your coming to me to this day. Nevertheless, you are not pleasing in the sight of the Lord's. Now therefore, return and go in peace." that you may not displease the lords of the Philistines. David said to Achish, But what have I done? And what have you found in your servant from the day when I came before you to this day, that I may not go and fight against the enemies of my lord the king? But Achish replied to David, I know that you are pleasing in my sight, like an angel of God. Nevertheless, the commanders of the Philistines have said, He must not go up with us to the battle. Now then, arise early in the morning with the servants of your lord, who have come with you, and as soon as you have arisen early in the morning and have light, depart. So David arose early, he and his men, to depart in the morning to return to the land of the Philistines. And the Philistines went up to Jezreel. Now to the book of First Chronicles. First Chronicles, chapter 9. So all Israel was enrolled by genealogies, and behold, they are written in the book of the kings of Israel, and Judah was carried away into exile to Babylon for their unfaithfulness. 
Now, the first who lived in their possessions in the cities of Israel, the priests, the Levites, and the temple servants, some of the sons of Judah, of the sons of Benjamin, and of the sons of Ephraim and Manasseh, lived in Jerusalem. Uthai, the son of Amihud, the son of Omri, the son of Imri, the son of Bani, from the sons of Perez, the son of Judah. From the Shilonites were Asaiah, the firstborn, and his sons. From the sons of Zerah were Jeuel and their relatives, 690 of them. From the sons of Benjamin were Shalu, the son of Meshulam, the son of Hodaviah, the son of Hasanua, and Ibniah, the son of Jeroham, and Elah, the son of Uzi, the son of Mikri, the son of Meshulam, the son of Shephatiah, the son of Reuel, the son of Ibnijah, and their relatives according to their generations. All these were heads of fathers' households according to their fathers' houses. From the priests were Jediah, Jehoiarib, Jachin, and Azariah, the son of Hilkiah, the son of Meshulam, the son of Zadok, the son of Mirioth, the son of Ahitub, the chief officer of the house of God. And Adiah, the son of Jehoram, the son of Pashur, the son of Malkijah, the son of Massi, the son of Adiel, the son of Jezerah, the son of Meshulam, the son of Meshulamoth, the son of Emer, and their relatives, heads of their father's households, 1,760 very able men for the work of the service of the house of God. Of the Levites were Shemaiah, the son of Hashub, the son of Azrakam, the son of Hashabiah, of the sons of Merari, and Bakbakar, and Heresh, and Galal, and Mataniah, the son of Micah, the son of Zikri, the son of Asaph, and Obadiah, the son of Shimeiah, the son of Galal, the son of Jejuthun, and Berechiah, the son of Asa, the son of Elkanah, who lived in the villages of the Netophathites. Now the gatekeepers were Shalom, and Akub, and Talmon, and Ahimon, and their relatives. Shalom, the chief, being stationed until now at the king's gate to the east. These were the gatekeepers for the camp of the sons of Levi. Shalom, the son of Kor, the son of Abiasaph, the son of Korah, and his relatives of his father's house, the Korahites, were over the work of the service, keepers of the thresholds of the tent, and their fathers had been over the camp of the Lord, keepers of the entrance. Phinehas, the son of Eleazar, was ruler over them previously, and the Lord was with him. Zechariah, the son of Meshillamiah, was gatekeeper of the entrance of the tent of meeting. All these were chosen to be gatekeepers at the thresholds were 2,012. These were enrolled by genealogy in their villages, whom David and Samuel the seer appointed in their office of trust. So they and their sons had charge of the gates of the house of the Lord, even the house of the tent as guards. The gatekeepers were on the four sides, to the east, west, north, and south. Their relatives in their villages were to come in every seven days from time to time to be with them. For the four chief gatekeepers, who were Levites, were in an office of trust, and were over the chambers and over the treasuries in the house of God. They spent the night around the house of God, because the watch was committed to them, and they were in charge of opening it morning by morning. Now some of them had charge of the utensils of service, for they counted them when they brought them in and when they took them out. Some of them also were appointed over the furniture, and over all the utensils of the sanctuary, and over the fine flour, and the wine, and the oil, and the frankincense, and the spices. Some of the sons of the priests prepared the mixing of the spices.
Mattathiah, one of the Levites, who was the firstborn of Shalom the Korahite, had the responsibility over the things which were baked in pans. Some of their relatives of the sons of the Kohathites were over the showbread to prepare it every Sabbath. Now these are the singers, heads of the father's households of the Levites, who lived in the chambers of the temple, free from other service, for they were engaged in their work day and night. These were heads of father's households of the Levites, according to their generations, chief men who lived in Jerusalem. In Gibeon, Jael, the father of Gibeon, lived, and his wife's name was Maaka. And his firstborn son was Abdon, then Zur, Kish, Baal, Nir, Nadab, Gidor, Ahio, Zechariah, and Mikloth. Mikloth became the father of Shimeum, and they also lived with their relatives in Jerusalem, opposite their other relatives. Ner became the father of Kish, and Kish became the father of Saul, and Saul became the father of Jonathan, Malkishua, Abinadab, and Eshbaal. The son of Jonathan was Mirabal, and Mirabal became the father of Micah. The sons of Micah were Pithon, Melech, Tauria, and Ahaz. Ahaz became the father of Jerah, and Jerah became the father of Alameth, Asmaveth, and Zimri. And Zimri became the father of Moza, and Moza became the father of Binia, and Rephaiah his son, Eliasa his son, Azel his son. Azel had six sons whose names are these, Azrakam, Bakru, and Ishmael, and Shariah, and Obadiah, and Hanan. These were the sons of Azel. Now to the New Testament. Acts chapter 19. It happened that while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul passed through the upper country and came to Ephesus and found some disciples. He said to them, Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And they said to him, No, we have not even heard whether there is a Holy Spirit. And he said, Into what then were you baptized? And they said, Into John's baptism. Paul said, John baptized with the baptism of repentance, telling the people to believe in him who was coming after him, that is, in Jesus. When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul had laid his hands upon them, the Holy Spirit came on them, and they began speaking with tongues and prophesying. They were in all about twelve men. And he entered the synagogue and continued speaking out boldly for three months, reasoning and persuading them about the kingdom of God. But when some were becoming hardened and disobedient, speaking evil of the way before the people, he withdrew from them and took away the disciples, reasoning daily in the school of Tyrannus. This took place for two years, so that all who lived in Asia heard the word of the Lord, both Jews and Greeks. God was performing extraordinary miracles by the hands of Paul, so that handkerchiefs or aprons were even carried from his body to the sick, and the diseases left them, and the evil spirits went out. But also some of the Jewish exorcists, who went from place to place, attempted to name over those who had the evil spirits the name of the Lord Jesus, saying, I adjure you by Jesus whom Paul preaches. Seven sons of one Sceva, a Jewish chief priest, were doing this. And the evil spirit answered and said to them, I recognize Jesus, and I know about Paul, but who are you? And the man in whom was the evil spirit leaped on them and subdued all of them and overpowered them, so that they fled out of the house naked and wounded. 
This became known to all, both Jews and Greeks, who lived in Ephesus, and fear fell upon them all, and the name of the Lord Jesus was being magnified. Many also of those who had believed kept coming, confessing and disclosing their practices. And many of those who practiced magic brought their books together and began burning them in the sight of everyone. And they counted up the price of them and found it 50,000 pieces of silver. So the word of the Lord was growing mightily and prevailing. Now, after these things were finished, Paul purposed in the spirit to go to Jerusalem after he had passed through Macedonia and Achaia, saying, After I have been there, I must also see Rome. And having sent into Macedonia two of those who ministered to him, Timothy and Erastus, he himself stayed in Asia for a while. About that time there occurred no small disturbance concerning the way. For a man named Demetrius, a silversmith who made silver shrines of Artemis, was bringing no little business to the craftsmen. These he gathered together with the workmen of similar trades and said, Men, you know that our prosperity depends upon this business. You see and hear that not only in Ephesus, but in almost all of Asia, this Paul has persuaded and turned away a considerable number of people, saying that gods made with hands are no gods at all. Not only is there danger that this trade of ours fall into disrepute, but also that the temple of the great goddess Artemis be regarded as worthless, and that she whom all of Asia and the world worship will even be dethroned from her magnificence. When they heard this, they were filled with rage, and they began crying out, saying, Great is Artemis of the Ephesians! The city was filled with confusion, and they rushed with one accord into the theater, dragging along Gaius and Aristarchus, Paul's traveling companions from Macedonia. And when Paul wanted to go into the assembly, the disciples would not let him. Also, some of the Asiarchs, who were friends of his, sent to him and repeatedly urged him not to venture into the theater. So then, some were shouting one thing and some another, for the assembly was in confusion, and the majority did not know for what reason they had come together. Some of the crowd concluded it was Alexander, since the Jews had put him forward, and having motioned with his hand, Alexander was intending to make a defense to the assembly. But when they recognized that he was a Jew, a single outcry arose from them all as they shouted for about two hours, Great is Artemis of the Ephesians! After quieting the crowd, the town clerk said, Men of Ephesus, what man is there, after all, who does not know that the city of the Ephesians is guardian of the temple of the great Artemis, and of the image which fell down from heaven? So, since these are undeniable facts, you ought to keep calm and do nothing rash. For you have brought these men here who are neither robbers of temples, nor blasphemers of our goddess. So then... If Demetrius and the craftsmen who are with him have a complaint against any man, the courts are in session and proconsuls are available. Let them bring charges against one another. But if you want anything beyond this, it shall be settled in a lawful assembly. For indeed, we are in danger of being accused of a riot in connection with today's events, since there is no real cause for it, and in this connection we will be unable to account for this disorderly gathering. After saying this, he dismissed the assembly. Well, God does want to be a disruptive force, just as Paul was a disruptive force there through the power of God. 
So God will be a disruptive force in our lives if we are following him. Let us be changed for good. Until next time, let's keep meditating on the word of God.